And now, gambling terms. Push, a wager that results in a tie. Even money. Bet with the same payout as you wager. Legit. Knowing where it's truly legal to gamble in Colorado. You can enjoy legal gaming in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, as well as licensed online sports and off-track betting in Colorado. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Financial Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host and also a CFP, which you can all repeat along with me, stands for Certified Financial Planner. And we are recording during this terrible pandemic, and we have our guest with us today, Lindsay with an A. Hey, Lindsay. Hey. Thanks for joining us. No problem. So where are you sheltering in place? Um, so I am sheltering in place in Kingston, New York. Oh, wow. That is my home base, or that is supposed to be my home base. Yeah. Yep. But I am not currently there. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's way better than the city right now, so I'm feeling super lucky to be up here. I am also super thankful because up until, I think it's just a little over a year ago, I was living primarily in Manhattan. And I would say, like, generously, it's like was like three fifty, maybe including all of the square footage of the hallway, which you know, like you couldn't exactly spread out your arms. And I'm five two, so like yeah. that's not a lot. Maybe including the hallway, it was four hundred square oh feet. Oh my god! I'm Crazy. super thankful. Not, I think I would literally be losing my mind if I was like stuck in such a small space yeah. for so long. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd probably be doing like jumping jacks in the hallway, facing the right direction, you know, where I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thankful to have some space. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. So tell us how old you are, what your career is, income, all that jazz. Okay, so um, I'm 33. And um, career stuff has kind of recently made a bit of a switch. Um, okay. So I worked in the hospitality industry and kind of restaurant industry um, for about 15 years, basically from when I could get a job uh, up until recently. Um, And I've kind of switched. I have a BFA in ceramics uh, and a Bachelor of Science in art education. And uh, since moving back to the States three years ago, I worked, still worked kind of in that hospitality game, um, but now I've switched over to being in my ceramic studio more full-time um, and teaching classes, and I'm also just doing consulting work for, um, like, local hospitality projects that are starting to open. So um, pretty self-employed at this point. 
um and then yeah, spelling good. and then yeah <laughs> you're like I don't like I'm a little bit like not sure where to start with ceramics like I don't know a lot about this yeah. coming from a very traditional I worked For at an sure. investment bank I now run a wealth management firm like ceramics yeah where, yeah, yeah um and then I'm also selling my work as well so um okay. it's a bit of a mix of kind of a few different puzzle pieces um into the income bracket um so yeah that's kind of that's where I'm at with uh what I'm doing for work at this point okay so like walk me through this I think the only person we've had on the podcast that I thought was like in a very unique business was a woman who owned a flower design company okay and so essentially which was once again she told me that and I was like wait what 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 yeah. did you do <laughs> Because yeah. I was like always very financially minded, you know, I was always just like, I'm going to go work in, in business. I like have yeah, never even sure. thought about anything other than business. Um, and so I was like, wait, what, what? She's like, I design flower arrangements, but like very high end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not, there's an art form to it. We've for sure we follow her. She actually did our producer's wedding and it was amazing. Yeah. She's incredible. Her stage name for the podcast was after a real housewives of New York, which I really appreciate it. Um, (laughs) But she was really probably our most in the arts guest that we've had so far. I would say, you know, we're, that's a very unique profession and business to create from scratch. And, you don't run into a lot of people that are doing a flower design um, business. She doesn't really do weddings. That was a hundred percent a favor because of the podcast. Um, okay. She doesn't do weddings. She prefers to do these high end flower arrangements for individuals. You know, people yeah. would say that just don't know what to do with, you know, they have plenty of disposable income, right? Totally. Can have like a custom flower arrangement and then for yeah. businesses and then corporations, right? When they do like a living wall or something. Yeah, like, or no, something. totally. So you are probably only second on the podcast, and we're almost at a hundred. Awesome! Yay! Yeah, <laughs> you, um, you will be great. a unique person. So walk. Can you kind of walk me? I'm all about being an entrepreneur. Obviously, I'm an entrepreneur, and I think it's yeah. super exciting. Although, it can be a roller coaster. Um, For sure. Kind of walk me through um, how you made the decision to get out of a more traditional field into this, and like where you. Th- where you envision the income streams and like what they look like now and where you picture them going. So I guess, uh, so I was living abroad for about six years. Um, so I was based down in the Caribbean and I was running a French uh, restaurant and wine bar on the island of Tortola in the BBI. Um, First of all, that sounds like just a dream. Yeah, pretty magic. Um, so I was down there, um, you know, with the intention of kind of just being down there for a year to see how it went. Um, you know, I had finished school and was kind of just working a bit, but didn't really know exactly what I wanted to get into. Um, you know, I had graduated with art degrees and at that point there were no teaching jobs. Um, and I had been working in restaurants for so long and just had an opportunity to go down. So I went down and then, uh, loved it. love I was like oh no winter this is magic um and so I ended up and like kind of just thinking when you say this this is going to be like my backup like if I ever decide to leave 
finance. I've worked in restaurants for years. I don't know that I could run a restaurant, but like maybe I would just go be a waitress at a wine bar. For sure. In- <laughs> I didn't yeah, it's not, it's not terrible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I ended up staying down there for yeah about six years. And at that point, um, you know, I was living pretty much full time out of the United States. So I was ending up and they were on the U.S. dollar where I was. So um, I was making a lot of money working as a waitress to start and just a bartender. And then I moved into kind of upper management and like wine buying. And so that's actually, I ended up paying off all my student loans down there when I had lived down there. So that was like a big tick off the box kind of thing for me. Um, huge. Yeah. So, you know, I went down and then I ended up seeing how much I could make down there. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to stay down here. I'll like hammer away at my student loans. And so, yeah, I ended up doing that um, and paying those all off, which was awesome. Can I ask and how much you had? I had about 30K. Probably. Wow. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I just, there, you know, the taxes down there are super low. So pretty much, you know, all the money that you make, you end up keeping, you know, you pay like a small percentage to the government. So that was super nice. That was really one of the reasons why I could do it and still like afford to live down there and just kind of do all the things that I wanted to do. Um, And the restaurant that I worked at, we closed for two months. So then I would come back to the States and have like two months off and I would just travel I spent a lot of time in Colorado and Montana at that point so yeah kind of did that and then I came back to the states about three and a half years ago and uh kind of fell right back into the restaurant hospitality game um had some New York City developers poach me to come help them at a new restaurant that they had opened in this boutique hotel in Stone Ridge so I was there and that was you know a pretty like you know relatively high salary job um, with a bunch of perks. I was there for a while and then got burnt out. And um, hospitality is a hard, hard industry. It's hard. It's super yeah. hard. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's really lucrative because you can make pretty amazing money. Um, make amazing money yep. But you know, you're just like, I didn't have weekends or nights for like 14 years. Or so. holidays. <laughs> or holidays. Yeah. So having um, worked as a waitress for a number of years, I think that unless you've done it, you don't realize how it looks very different when you're in a restaurant eating, you know, yeah. when you go as a person yeah. versus yeah. it's very, very, you can make very good money, especially at high end places, but it is a lot, a lot of work and you don't yeah. have nights or weekends or any holiday for that matter. Yeah, exactly. So you just end up, you know, it's a, it's a trade-off, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. one of those things. So, and I was at an age though, where I could do it, you know, I was, I moved back to the States when I was 30. So um, it was kind of like perfect transition timing, but anyway, I got burnt out from that big restaurant job. And then I decided to kind of like take a couple months off um, that winter. And then you know, was really trying to kind of figure out how I could make the ceramics thing work. And so I worked for a landscape design company for a little bit because I'd done some work uh, doing that in college. And at that point, you know, I was making like probably a fifth of what I had been making. But, you know, I was lucky because my parents had moved out of the country. So I was in their house and basically wasn't paying rent at that point. So I was in a good situation to be able to like 
not make a lot of money and still be able to kind of exist. And then, yeah, things kind of just like shifted and changed. I got um, space in a ceramic studio. I started teaching very part-time. And then I picked up actually another <laughs> pretty huge hospitality project that was pretty short-lived. It was only about like eight months or so. And then that ended kind of abruptly. And I just decided to push, um, you know, pretty full-on um into my studio so into making and teaching so I started teaching a couple days a week which was great and then yeah just making tons of work while kind of developing a business model and plan and deciding how I wanted to actually run this business um you know and if it wanted to be something where I was like constantly having to be on a website and update all the time or if I could find a few clients that I could have who own stores um, that could just buy product for me pretty consistently. So that is kind of what's going on. Um, and then, okay. um, and then I picked up a consulting, you know, a pretty kind of large consulting gig, which is on hold right now because of this whole coronavirus thing. Um, of the pan- global pandemic. Yeah. Cause of that whole thing. Um, so, but I, and I actually have picked up another project too. So basically like the consulting side of what I do is people who want to start hospitality projects or restaurants uh, will come to me, most of them because they, they've they never done it before. Um, they've either like never worked in hospitality or never worked in restaurants and just have this kind of like passion project that they want to do. So mm-hmm. I go in um, and basically sit with them and we decide, you know, how much, a, they want to spend uh, on the consulting and we just kind of like make a plan from there. And then I can go in and do everything from like developing all their financials for the project to like hiring all their staff, um, creating all their like manuals, email content, um, you know, content for their website, property description, construction management, depending on how much they need to do. So it's kind of like vast. That seems like, I mean, the ceramics thing seems very interesting, but this consulting gig seems like because you don't really want to stay in that industry, seems like it's, they come to you and it can be very lucrative. It is. So that's kind of what I decided, that I didn't want to go into anything full-time as like a general manager or an operations manager. Um, So now it's really just people coming to me and I can charge, you know, substantial amount of money per hour just because I have so many years doing it I've run a bunch of really high-end places now and so that's kind of like where that consulting work has kind of shifted which has been super fun because you know the project can be three months it can be a month it can be six months it can be a year so it's flex but I can walk away at any point which is really nice you're not running the show you're not Not running the show no Mm-mm. And I can work from home, which is, you know, the nicest thing for me is just being able to have a flexible schedule where I can like be in my studio and kind of run those hours um, around that, which is nice. Yeah, I think that like that sounds like a great additional source of revenue, because I think as an entrepreneur, as many sources of revenue as you can get is ideal. For sure. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the revenue aspect of it. So it sounds like the consulting is probably generating the most. Yeah, consulting generating the most. Um, you know, I really I just started that basically January 1st. Um, so it was my first like big contract. Um, 
and you know I don't um in terms of like my contract with them you know I don't have an hourly cap per month I don't have um a minimum per month because the project was going to be so flex and it was in really early stages um so we were basically opening up a six bedroom um boutique hotel um like bed and breakfast with a wedding venue space so it's kind of already been operating as that um but it's you know it needs to be updated it's like a pretty it's old like dutch colonial stone house um and the barn that they were doing weddings out of needed updates and facelifts and um you know we just needed to decide kind of like what that was going to look like as an overview like were we just going to run it as space so like it's just a venue rental or was it going to be more involved where we had kind of like yeah full service so um yeah, so the hours in terms of like the monthly stuff, it's been varied. Um, but, you know, for the consulting, you know, my rates are anywhere between like 50 to 75 an hour, which is good um, for the consulting and stuff. Like, what, are you, what are you, I'm just curious, what are you proposing for like a contract? Are you proposing an hourly rate like that, like 50 to 75 an hour? Or are you providing like a scope of work and like you think yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, so I provide a scope of work. I do a pretty detailed overview just so people have an understanding of what they're actually getting into because, like, these guys came to me and they're like, we just want help figuring out how much, you know, our rooms are going to cost and maybe a couple other things. And I was like, oh, my God, these people have no idea what they're getting into. So I sent them – and it's better for me, too, because I can send them, like, a vast overview without giving them too much information um, of kind of all the target points that they're going to have to hit under specific categories. And then I give them approximately like how much time I think it's going to take, like a super rough idea. And then we look at that and we have a phone call and we discuss it. And, you know, we pick the things that, yes, these are the things that we want. And normally I have them send me back um, kind of a revised version of it. And then once we decide that this is what we're going to work with. Um, then I put a contract in place and that's kind of how we go. Um, and sometimes if it's a shorter project, I do yeah. um, like a revenue kind of like, I like, you know, I'm going to, it's $2,500. This is how many hours you're going to get. And then if we go over, you know, it's X amount per hour. So what would you say your hopes are for like an average contract for a consulting gig, like 2,500 to 5,000, depending um, on scope? Yeah, for sure. And it, and, you know, depending on hours and how much time that would definitely be. Yeah. I think, you know, cause my, my financial planning mind is trying to figure out what you're, what, what you, what you're going to anticipate as monthly income. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, right now for consulting, like what I'm bringing in, um, over the last couple of months was anywhere between like 1500 to 2000 a month okay. for the consulting. And then what about the ceramics? So, um, the teaching I keep is separate. So teaching is 1500 a month, like average 12 to 15, um, just depending a month for teaching ceramics. Yeah. That's, Insane. I'm sorry. I was expecting this the teaching to be like fifty percent of what you're charging for a consulting contract. Well, so the thing about the ceramic teaching. What are you teaching? Um, okay, so I teach in a private studio. Um okay. and just like, you know, all this stuff 
it's like I'm an independent contractor, so I'm 1099 basically for everything um, that yep. I'm doing besides, uh, like, I mean, the ceramic sales too, I guess, are. Um, so the teaching, like, I teach uh, three classes a week, um, and they're basically, it's a base price. Um, so you get a base price, and then you get a per head price of how many people show up to your classes. Um, and then there's a cap, you know, of how many students, but my classes are fully booked. Um, and then I teach private lessons. So like, you know, a private lesson is an hour and that is an average, I think of about, let's see, I think I'm going to just pull up one of my invoices quick because it's easier. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's good money. Like it's definitely. So, so maybe I was wrong. I was initially thinking the restaurant consulting gig was going to be more lucrative, but teaching at fifteen hundred a month—that's fantastic. Yeah, um, and you know that that also kind of varies depending on right. um, how many private lessons I pick up. So, you know, it's it's like guaranteed with like the steady classes that I teach. It's like. A thousand to twelve hundred, and then like I can pick up as many additional private lessons as I want, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's great. And then what about the selling with the stores? So um, the ceramics right now, because I just started really kind of feeling out how to like market that. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty low, you know. It's like anywhere between like five hundred to a thousand a month. Um, yeah, I was interested to see what your low barometer was going to be yeah so and that's okay. um you know that's I'm expecting to bump up just because I'm finishing my website and mm -hmm. figuring some some things out on what to do but I have a really sweet deal with my studio right now where my profits are pretty big on that for margins so so yeah. it would it be accurate to say that currently with consulting teaching and selling low end, probably bringing in about 3,500. And I have to say for our listeners, because most of our people are not entrepreneurs. So I would say yeah. the low end would be 3,500 gross, which is not yeah. your net. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I said what you're hoping to continue to build on. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And so the reason why I'm saying gross for our listeners is because Lindsay with an A has um, her own business. So they, therefore you are responsible for all of your own expenses. And also if you are doing payroll, which I hope that hope that you are. And even if you don't do the first year or two, eventually you want to get in the habit of doing it so that you're paying into the employer side of social security and Medicare. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of people realize that I was just doing all of my payroll reporting so that I can apply for this payroll protection program that the government is offering. But okay. as, um, as an employer and an employee, whatever you pay yourself, so let's say you pay yourself, you know, 24,000 a year, you, your cost to your business is not 24,000 because that's your, that's what the employee, which is also you, is going to get. But then you're also obligated to pay, to pay let's just say you had multiple employees, unemployment, family mm -hmm. medical leave, uh, Social Security, Medicare. So you have all these other expenses. So even if you pay someone 24000 like yourself, for instance, that's not what it actually costs the company. It costs the company more than that to cover the additional expenses. Yeah. So that's the tricky part about being an entrepreneur. So n not to say that you have to get into it right away because you're just starting – 
out with this, but eventually I think it's important to get on payroll so that you're contributing to both sides of social security, you yourself as the employee, but also as the employer. Yeah. Because it's one thing I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't do or try not to do to save money. And it comes back to bite them in the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think like my thing right now is just because this is all new, like as of basically this year, um, Mm -hmm. with just getting everything like in order with like, Department of Taxation and Finance and like business names and everything. Um, yes. Yeah, it's trying business names. That, yeah, yeah all the things. Um, is really just trying to figure out like yeah financially. Um, you know what I should be doing. Um, in terms of like paying myself and like kind of all that like really like nitty gritty stuff. And and that will all come with it with time. So just yeah. keep in the back of your mind that at some point you want to get in the habit of paying both sides of social security and Medicare. And you want to make sure that you have, you know, you're taking care of that for your future self so that when you go in retirement to, cause hospitality is another industry where you make a lot of money in cash, which is awesome. Yeah. But then you're not in the social security system as much. And so social security, which a lot of people our age say, Oh, well, it's never going to be there when I retire. I would be very surprised if we got rid of our social security program. It's a phenomenal system. It was you know, created back in the thirties, it works really, really well. Yeah. And I think it's better to have the mindset of I'm going to pay into it. And if it's an extra check I get every month, I'm happy if it don't, you know, if it covers half your bills, great. If it covers all your bills, wonderful. Yeah, Most likely it sure. won't cover all your bills, but it's still, you're, it's still a check you're going to get. Money. Every month. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> well, it's not going to do anything. And it's like, you know what? I'd be really happy to get a check for $1,500. Like, yes, I don't know. Exactly. But like, I'm not going to like, I'm, I'm not, not going to say no to that. I'm not going to put it down. Like, I'm going to pay into it, and I'm going to hope that I get it. And if it covers a third of my bills, I'm just going to be happy that someone's sending me a check, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially as an now that you're an entrepreneur, like, one gives you anything. So for some reason, yeah, one no, means totally. money will be, like, a yeah. thrill. I know. I'm like, cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah, like, I'll take that direct deposit. Wonderful. Here's my banking yeah. information. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your bills. I think I, I think for starting out, I mean, you're doing it all right. I'm happy that you're doing the restaurant consulting because that seems like it's potential to bring in about 50% of your revenue while you build up your ceramics business. And I always think it's yeah. prudent to have multiple income streams. And it, at a certain point, if your ceramics business is covering everything that you need and you know you can be more selective on the restaurant consulting but I think since you have that expertise I would exploit that yeah no I mean and that's at this point um where I can get the most bang for my buck kind of deal Mm -hmm. like I can charge you know a lot more money per hour and work like less hours I'm kind of like like where can I make the most amount of money working the least amount of hours and not because like a lazy thing but it's like how can I strategically set up my time um, I honestly, to make it so I can do other things? Yeah, and I could be wrong because I always really, in my 20s, when people were like, oh, I want balance. And I was like, oh, you're just lazy. But now that I'm like in my mid-30s, I like really like this idea of balance. I don't know if it's because I'm like Same. 15 years in on my career, but yeah. Uh, it's like I want to be able to go to yoga and I want to be able to like, decide to make a meal and not be like stressed for time. So I agree with you. I think being as efficient as possible 
it, it's just prudent and like you've built the experience. So like how to leverage what you've worked and grind it out for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just like, I definitely do better when I'm busier and have a schedule and mm-hmm. like I live and die by my Google calendar. I'm like, if that ever went down, I don't know what I would do. So yeah, that's definitely a big part of it too. Um, but expense wise, I kind of just did like a brief add up of just like personal expenses is that so I'm I'm kind of like wavering around like $1,500, $1,600 kind of just with that's like without extras. That's like rent, uh, utilities, like gas for my car, food, any sort of subscription, that kind of stuff. Okay, so you're like well within your means. I feel like that. Yeah. And because you also need to put some money aside for taxes because you know that your partner in the business is the IRS. Oh, yeah. I know. (laughs) Separate bank accounts lined up. (laughs) Yep. Okay. They want, like, a piece of every single thing that you make. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that's, like, the biggest awakening for entrepreneurs. And I think second is, like, wait, what? We contribute on behalf of, like, employees and also yourself for Social Security and all those sort of things. Oh, Yeah. So I think, I mean, it sounds like you're in a good spot from a financial standpoint because you're able to cover your basic needs. You know, a growing, growing a business is is definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah. Totally. So once you get it to the point, and I would definitely go through at least one tax year just so you have an idea of what your tax bill is going to be and then figure out what you can comfortably pay yourself as a salary so you can get into Social Security and Medicare um, for yeah. when you retire. And then the next step from there, I would say, would be probably setting up, like, I would probably say a SEP IRA, if not a simple. SEP will, which is a, those are the two retirement plans that you can do for yourself that are, you know, a 401 doesn't make sense as a sole proprietor, even. Yeah. It's just too expensive. So a SEP IRA will really allow you to set aside the most amount of money. Okay. So I think that would be step three. Okay. Awesome. So like step one would be like make sure you're on the right same page as the IRS because you know you don't ever want to be on the the wrong side of them. Yeah. So I would I would definitely get through a year with them and then and then make sure you're figuring out payroll and I pay for someone to do payroll to me it's worth it because I don't want to figure out what to send to the New York State and the Feds and yeah that you might be you can probably do it yourself on Quicken so you can make that determination and then from there. I would say you want to make sure you're starting to save for your own retirement. Okay, cool. I would use an accountant for that. Yes, I have one. Okay, good. They're very important when you own your own business. Yes, that was the first thing I did. After I got my EIN number, I was like, I need a tax person (laughs) and I need a bookkeeper. (laughs) So they can. A business. Oh my God. It's. It's intense. I mean, it's definitely, like you said, it's not, um, it is not for everybody. And I think because I've been like running other people's businesses for them for so long, um, I had an idea of what it was going to take just because I had had access to like financials and I was doing QuickBooks and payroll and all this other stuff. So, you know, for the last eight years, I've seen kind of like what goes into the back end of it. So I knew it wasn't going to be simple or easy, but, um, you know, I definitely have some things on my side, um, just in terms of being able to like make it work. Um, and I also just never wanted to be a starving artist. So I was always pretty smart about like, 
okay, I can't just like do ceramics full time. I need to have like an actual income to no. figure it out, to make it work. Um, and to be able to like do it properly, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot to be said for, I don't want to say doing it the right way, but doing it the financially prudent way, right? Like for sure. Everyone would love to quit their job and do a passion that also pays them. But the reality yeah. of it is that usually isn't how it works. It usually takes a number of years. I'm pretty sure years. It's 10, 10 years, yeah. which is a decade for it. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. I always say to people, when you're moving up in terms of earnings, it's really fun, right? Like you get those raises and you can, I don't recommend this, but like most people increase their lifestyles and like get the nicer car and take nicer vacations and whatever. I don't yeah. recommend that, but that's tip. That's a typical person. Yeah. On your way down, because when you go from, you know, a normal job and you transition into an entrepreneur, it is basically like someone throws you off a cliff. I haven't heard of anybody who's like, oh yeah, you know, my income stayed the same. Like I haven't heard of that happening for anybody. It is, I don't want to say traumatic, but it is eye-opening to go from having consistent steady income to then running yeah. a business where you have a ton of responsibility and it never ends. And now you make less money, significantly less usually until you get yeah. to that seven, ten year sure. marker where you get yourself back to right side up. Yeah. And just like, but also, you know, you have the control and the ability to be able to adjust your mm -hmm. spending habits and your finances. And like, you know, that was a big thing for me. Like, I love going out to eat and going to see music. And like, I wasn't really saying no to a lot of stuff. So now I'm just kind of like, I'm like, okay, can't go out to eat all the time. And you can't do this thing all the time. But that's okay. And that's like a choice and a sacrifice you make if you want to kind of like be on this path. So, yeah, absolutely. you know, it's just like making micro adjustments to, to being able to figure it out. And, you know, you just have to hustle a little bit more. That's like the biggest thing is just kind of like you said, you have to have like multiple revenue streams um, to be able to just like make it work and balance it all. So, no, absolutely. And it's, I definitely think it's worth it once you not to say it's not worth it in the beginning. In the beginning, I, f I find it to be hard, but then once you get there, and it's definitely empowering, right? Because as you said, you're 100% in control of your destiny, which is yeah. super attractive as long as, you, as long as you're willing to make those sacrifices. And eventually you get to the point where you're going to be at the stage where you're really happy with the income, hopefully. M most entrepreneurs, if you're willing to hustle and you're already willing to make the, the choices, right? Like you're choosing to still do the consulting because you know that you need multiple revenue streams to get everything where yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Uh, then it's a great a great place to be but as I say it's definitely not for the faint of heart no it's uh you know yeah it's, it's a hustle and like but also I mean I think for me it's nice because every day is a little bit different um mm -hmm. and I think that's also kind of why you know the consulting stuff is nice because it shifts you know every day and weekly and monthly which is great um, and people trust you you know I think that's the big thing is like you establish trust with people and they don't question you know your hours or you know and just like being able to like prove that you can work efficiently and effectively while you charge these kind of higher um, hourly rates for me has just like proven to be a really good landing point with a lot of these clients that I have you know oh, I'm sure do you ever send like the proposal and be like I wonder if they're gonna stay that's a crazy rate <laughs> well I I did this last proposal I sent. I was like, I'm just going to try to blow them out of the park 
so they feel like they have absolutely no idea what they're doing because they don't. Um, and I wanted to like scare them a little bit into hiring me in this like weird tactical strategy that I thought I had, but it was more so because I was like, they just don't understand like how much time and energy and like just doing R and D, like just doing development on what other businesses that are, you know, in a similar space as yours operating in a similar area, um, just pulling like their models and their financials and their what they're charging and how they lay their stuff out um that alone takes so much time and i just i don't think most people spend the time like doing that development in the beginning and it helps so much in the financial planning of things um to just spend the time doing that and that was a big thing that i pushed for them um i was like listen it's gonna seem like I'm just bringing you all this information and spending all this time. I was like, but you'll be able to hit a stride with how much you're charging and you'll have like a backbone for why you're charging it. Right. Everything's about data. Everything's data, about data. Know. Yeah. And that's like, that's also a huge thing for me. It's like, I like numbers and I like seeing that, you know, yeah, data is, is huge. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a, a really good plan. I like the idea of this like dual prong, like ceramics. <laughs> screams and then the consulting so do you have any questions for me about your finances um so I mean I guess the biggest thing yeah was just kind of um yeah like where I guess you know where I should be thinking about investing um my money so obviously like the IRA thing um is super helpful Mm -hmm. but you know I guess as someone in their early 30s like you know, I haven't really ever put any money, invested any money anywhere. Um, so I guess that that's kind of something I'm interested in, like besides, uh, you know, an account for retirement and for later, um, you know, if there's, if you have suggestions on kind of that. Sure. So I think that it should be kind of three pronged. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that you got rid of the debt, the student loan debt that's huge. And now that you're starting your own business, which will, pay dividends for the future, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that it, you're setting yourself up to have full control of your financial future. Yep. So I think that the key is going to be, like I said, making sure you're understanding like the tax implications so that you don't get mm-hmm. behind on that or get in an IRS situation, you know, where you owe them, right? So that, so that first year is important, which is great that you have an accountant. And then year two, definitely setting up your retirement because you're in your 30s, you want to start that ASAP. Yeah. And then from there, this is really boring, but I do think that this is going to be the shining star of this pandemic is an emergency fund. Yeah. So it's not so much investing, but I think as a a sole proprietor and an entrepreneur, it's always important to have cash. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's very boring and I get always get a lot of pushback from it because people are like, well, it's not that exciting. And like, I could make more in the market. That is all true. But you can also lose a lot more. more, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you can also be like watching the news and panicking because you don't have cash. So I always think it's important to have cash. I, the way I do is I have cash. I have an emergency fund for my business. My business has, which is essentially, as you know, it's, it's my money. It's Barbara Ginty's money, but it's in the business account already paid tax and is there for emergencies for the business. Yeah. I have it in each of my businesses. Cause I also own real estate. Okay. My real estate company also has a bucket of cash. And could I use that for another down payment for a property? Probably, but it makes these scenarios and they don't happen that often, but when they do, they're 
you know, nerve wracking. Yeah. I have cash available to pay taxes and expenses on the real estate properties. And then I have cash available to get me through not as much payroll as I would like, but it does get me through some payroll. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's, and then I have my own personal emergency fund. So I've like tripled up here. Yeah. So I think that having an emergency fund is super important. And then I would say step two would be retirement. And I would actually say investing for your own, like individually, like to have a investment account would be the third thing to do. Okay. Not the first. Yeah. So I would first do, cause retirement, the key for retirement is having a lot of time, not having a lot to invest. Yeah. So you just want to start that that process and then, you know, first make sure we have the emergency fund, yeah. then start your yeah. retirement plan for yourself so that you're doing that. And then from there, once you're, which is, a, this is a lot, so it'd probably take you a couple of years. Yeah. But once you get through there, then I would say, okay, then you could save individually for another goal using an investment account, whether that's for a house or yeah. whatever that might be, that would be the third thing. But I definitely think, you know, being in your mid thirties, you want to get the retirement started. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And and the retirement is investing. People don't yeah. think about it that way, but it's still, it's in the market. It's invested. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, this um, was super fun to have you on. It's so fun to have yeah. such a an- Yeah, no, it's great. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so we'll wrap it up for our listeners. So if you'll hang on. Mm-hmm. And for our lovely listeners at home, you can follow us on Instagram. I would absolutely love if you would rate and review us on iTunes. And you can now check us out at www.financial.com. And we have our second course up, which is free for the pandemic. Um, Once the pandemic is over, which I hope is soon, we will go back to charging. And as always, our classes are through uh, the SUNY system, which is the state of New York uh, University system. So thanks for listening. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-